The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Gork's Red FM. Welcome to another edition of the Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy McCarthy, and you can follow me on my social media, Instagram and Twitter accounts at jermccarthy74. Our special guests this week are the Irish Olympian Phil Healy and Irish Paralympian Neve McCarthy. Also this week, I interview the Cork LGFA under 14, 16 and minor captains about their monster successes and ongoing campaigns, as well as their disillusionment with the LGFA's decision not to hold All-Ireland semi-finals or finals at any of their grades. We'll also hear from Cork senior manager Ify Fitzgerald on his team's heartbreaking loss to Meath in the All-Ireland semi-final. Plus, we'll hear from winning manager Eamon Murray and captain Shauna Ennis. That's all to come on this week's Women in Sport podcast. Phil Healy is wasting little time in preparing for an upcoming hectic year of World and European Indoor and Outdoor Championships following her triumphant return from the 2021 Tokyo Olympics. The Balinese native was deeply appreciative of the thousands of messages of support received before stepping onto the track. Her homecoming and the outpouring of appreciation she received are memories that the West Cork Olympian will never forget. Phil Healy was interviewed at the launch of the new Girls Play 2, More Inspiring Stories of Irish Sportswomen, a book written by RTE sports broadcaster Jackie Hurley and exclusively available in Lidl stores nationwide for only 12 99 until the 5th of September, just in time to inspire children as they prepare to go back to school. We had an aim of 3.14 going out there and we ran 3.12, so like that alone shattering the national record by four seconds. But to make an Olympic final, like Olympic finals and track events are just so rare in Ireland. So like it was just crazy and to share that with um, five others, a part of the team was, was just unbelievable. And just to go out there and walk onto the track knowing that it's an Olympic final and it really just, it was just crazy. Like it was just a bit surreal. And then obviously I had to turn the focus to the individual. The recovery time was really, really short and it came down to the fine margins, I suppose, with the 200 and the 400 and like just being 500 of a second off in the 200. Seven hundredths of a second off in the four hundred, and like I knew, I went to the games in PB shape, so I knew like that there was an awful lot more. So definitely walking off the track in the two hundred, I was very disappointed, knowing that obviously you have to sacrifice your individual to a certain element, but in the Olympic final that you're competing, and for me looking at it individually. An Olympic final individually is not a realistic like aim at the moment. So like the best hope of an Olympic final was part of the relay, but like I knew that I could make um, an Olympic semi final individually. But uh, yeah, it was disappointing knowing that I was so close in the two hundred, knowing that I could have run an awful lot faster. But then I just moved that disappointment into um, the four hundred and definitely like blew my expectations out definitely a bit. Like I we didn't decide if we were fully doing the 400 until I went into spikes before I went into call room so like um, to see if it was actually the best decision or not or not at like a risk so to go out there and break the 52 second barrier was just for me it was unbelievable it was my second fastest time over 400 um, yes maybe if I was fresh that could definitely be have been a 51 low but it just great, gave me great confidence knowing that I could go out there and do that after after four races but yeah to like especially looking back now it was great to have the team 
five other people became Olympians, became Olympic finalists. And it just shows as well with the relay, um, the depth that we have now in Ireland. Like looking at World Relay Team, it was only myself and Chris that were in World Relays that were actually ended up in Tokyo. So it just shows how everybody stepped up, came out, earned their spot and was a part of that squad for the Olympic Games. And it's great going into the future. Um, knowing that we have that depth there, nobody's spot is secure and it gets everybody to, to up their game and push on further. Of course, Phil. And I suppose, you know, there's there's obviously plenty of positives and confidence that you touched on there. Uh, but something I've noticed just from listening to different athletes is maybe like the bit of a come down after it. Like, have you found that yourself um, coming back home after all those highs? Well, to be honest, like like even in, we were just doing different workshops and stuff that were held with um, the OFY before we left and on about that come down and like post-Olympic blues. But I think, I think because the games were so different to other games, like I haven't experienced it as much. Um, like for me, yes, it was an Olympic games, but at the same time, it was just another race different marketing yes there is so much hype about it but there wasn't that like i don't know like say like we didn't go to opening ceremonies closing ceremonies different things like that we were just there to race and back to your apartment to go out and race again so um like obviously coming back and seeing all the support and different things like that gives me like a massive boost like i still have two or three races left so it was for me it was straight back into into race mode again and then I get to fully unwind after but no like I definitely controlled myself in that way that it wasn't a massive come down um when I did come back good stuff thanks a million Phil best of luck the next few weeks and congrats again. no problem thanks a million Emma well, I think as well, people forget that the amount of nations that compete in athletics in comparison to to some other sports and what you're actually up against um, in world-class fields and the Olympics is the best of the best in um, athletics. But obviously, like, there is a support, but things can be improved, like... I look at um, coaches, that's obviously a massive element that can be improved because our coaches that are there are volunteer coaches. And just speaking from my own individual perspective, like Shane, my coach is a volunteer coach. Um, he is very lucky that he has the support from both his family and work with that flexibility. Um, he has a full-time job outside of that. He comes to the track um, to help me. He took a sabbatical from work to go to Tokyo. So, like, it's all coming from his own expense. So, I think definitely if we want the results um, in athletics, the investment needs to be there in the coaches to produce the medals. And, and the Olympic finals. And, and it's obviously not, not similar, you know, it's dissimilar to boxing around that you do need individual coaches. Is that where maybe an argument for like, almost like a carding system for coaches could come in? Or It is, but then you look at um, athletics, there's so many disciplines within athletics, so it is going to be hard to, to put in a system as well. So it obviously takes a lot of thought, and it's there in other countries, but yeah, it is it is definitely required to be a stepping stone because if we see we have these generation of coaches now but if you go on 10 years time that those coaches may not be willing to give their time on a volunteer basis to to like coaching is a full-time job with the planning the dedication that everything goes in but they're balancing family lives balancing um 
their own full-time jobs on the outside so athletics is it does make it harder because of the so many disciplines in it but it's definitely a gap that needs to be filled to take it to the next level sure thanks very much well done no problem uh, hi phil this is jerry mccarthy sure how are things things are really good um just two quick questions obviously the reception you received when you got back home to west cork was very special to you and i know that um somebody single-minded as yourself did you feel the weight of expectation before you got to tokyo not just from home but just from from the entire country and just from the fact that you were doing something unique with the three events and the second part of the question is um what have you learned from the olympics that you can use heading into the next the next challenge that faces you with risks and different things like that so that's sacrifice in itself so like to come back to see all the posters the banners the flags everything like how much the community um, and not just Balinese so yeah someone sent me a message about the, the posters all the ways from Balinese to Beira to support the um, number of Olympians that were coming from West Cork and like when I saw all the posters going up initially I was like oh god like like realistically when I was going over there obviously Olympic finals are in athletics are just like can be a step too far in like being realistic so like I was like I'm not the rowers to a certain element where I'm not a medal a favourite or anything like that so there definitely was that expectation but like once we got to the final I was like okay I can fit in in West Cork now because an Olympic finalist and you obviously had the great success of the rowers and different things like that but having that support like yes there was empty stands over in Tokyo but like it was almost as if those supporters were in Tokyo because you really felt every bit of the support and I think maybe it was magnified to a certain element because of the no fans in Tokyo and like yeah it was just unbelievable to come home to see everybody line the streets in Balmain and in Skeen and Bandon as well um, and everybody was saying that it really brought the community together and that's great to lift everybody back home and lift the nation with everybody tuned into the sport and it definitely gave us a lot of extra fans um, as well in the sport. What's next for you in terms of challenges and championships coming up and what have you taken out of the Olympics that will help you in those? Yeah, so for me, like the Olympics obviously is the pinnacle of every athlete's career and that's where you want to compete. And for me, competing in three events, making history there, competing um, in an Olympic final, like that would certainly be on my in the 400 obviously the potential is there to make these world semi-finals olympic semi-finals so that's a massive boost for me going forward and as we look into next year it is a very busy year where we have world indoors european outdoors and world outdoors so like we've never had three international major championships in the one year so it is very exciting and um i'll have the 400 indoors because there is no 200 so like we may keep the focus more on the 400 we might swap to 200 for a certain championship and um, we might narrow it down to one event but it's great then to have the relays qualified um, as well for world championships and hopefully that we can get an all-female one to European championships in late August of next year Good stuff that's all from me best of luck to you Super thanks a million Jared. The Big Red Bench Saturday and Sunday from 6pm the Paralympic Games begin in Tokyo this week with Cork's Neve McCarthy going in search of her second medal. The Leavale athlete won silver in Rio five years ago in the F41 discus and has been telling Big Red Bench sports editor Rory O'Hagan about her target for the Games, training during a pandemic and much more. Okay, we're joined by our good friend Neve McCarthy now ahead of the Paralympics getting underway in Tokyo very, very soon. Neve, how are you? 
I'm good. I'm good. I'm a bit busy, but uh, no, all good. I can imagine. As we're talking to you today, you're heading up to Dublin to to head out to Tokyo tomorrow. So it's all go. Yeah, no, there's a lot, of, a lot of stuff still to happen, a lot of packing to be done. But no, I'm heading up to Dublin now tonight for a very early morning flight into Heathrow and then onwards to Tokyo. Massively exciting, I'd imagine. It is. And I mean, I suppose it's been five years now, so it's, uh, you know, everybody's kind of been waiting for this moment. So it's nice to kind of finally, finally come about. I mean, it's a bit different than we were expecting. There's kind of a bit more involved but uh, I think we're all really excited to get out there and kind of do our best and show what we've been working for really. What was your reaction last year when it was confirmed that they would be pushed back into this year? <laughs> I, To be honest I was quite relieved in a way I suppose um, not even for everyone else but just selfishly because I, I had a very tough year in 2019 and I was kind of trying to kind of come back from that mm-hmm. and bit of fear that I wouldn't be ready by the time Tokyo was due to come around so to be honest I was I was quite pleased because it gave me a lot more time just to to work on myself to kind of get back to where I wanted to be so it was yeah it was a good thing for me. Do you feel like you're in that place now heading off to Tokyo? I'm definitely better than uh, where I would have been this time last year like it's I suppose it's quite difficult and very different in comparison to Rio because Rio was you know a completely not knowing what to expect everything I was only in the sport you know three and a bit years whereas I'm a much more mature and a wise athlete <laughs> like to say at this point so it kind of feels very different so, so I'm kind of in the same place in that I don't know what to expect because yeah so so much will be different I'll, I'll know more but then also with everything COVID related there's a lot of unknowns still to be worked out so yeah, it's all a bit a bit of a whirlwind at the moment, really. Obviously, watching the Olympic Games over the last few weeks, it's it's the same but different. It's kind of hard to describe, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Because I mean, obviously, the big thing is just the general buzz about the place. It's it's not going to be the same. Um, I mean, in the stadium, it's going to be a bit bit quieter, which I think no harm sometimes because it can be quite deafening. But um, I mean, I'm hoping that around the village, you can kind of still feel a bit of buzz about the place because that was you know one of the best places really just knocking around the village so yeah ho- hopefully everyone is you know still as excited and they just kind of feel that that special thing again how have you found the last year i suppose training during a pandemic and i suppose getting up to olympic speed i suppose during a pandemic yeah i mean there's kind of been ups and downs with it really when when everything first hit I mean, I was, you know, completely locked out of everywhere. So I just had to do what I could at home with the equipment I already had. Now, it was a nice change, I suppose, because I was used to kind of, you know, driving into work, driving off to training and here, there and everywhere. So it was nice that you just be home based for a while. Um, it was just, just a bit more relaxed, really, I suppose. But once things started opening up, you know, I was able to to get back in and, and do kind of my proper training, let's say. But um, no, it's it's been fairly OK. It, I mean, Leavell Athletic Club, their high performance centre in Cork has been an absolute lifesaver mm-hmm. because without that, I would have been really stuck because I can do all of my training in there, theoretically. So that has been absolutely amazing for me. And was it a case of like you recording video and sending it to your coach for appraisal kind of thing or how did it work? So, well, gym wise, um, I was able to train with my coach for most of it. It's not at the start, but um, I was able to link in with him in Leavell. Mm-hmm. Um, then throws wise, I was just doing Zoom sessions with my coach because she's based in the UK anyway. So, um, you know, that was always kind of going to happen either way. So um, 
no, Zoom Zoom has been the other lifesaver. I think of a lot of people this year, uh, including myself. So you know, it was all good. It was it was as good as we could do. But you know, I know other people had it was much harder for them. But I was I was happy with what we were able to get done. What's the target heading over to Tokyo, Neve? Absolutely no target. To <laughs> really. Be uh it's just it's so hard to to kind of predict anything or even try and aim for something because so much can happen over there and i mean mm. i think even some of the the olympic finals we saw it was very unexpected results for some people so you know you have to be kind of prepared to just expect anything but i mean to be honest at the end of the day all i'd like to do is to be able to walk out of there and know that i did my absolute best and that there wasn't anything more i could do what that means for me in terms of medals or not, I'm completely accepting of, you know, it's, that's how these things work. If your best isn't good enough, then you just have to accept it. So I'm, I'm okay either way. So after Silva and Re- Silver and Rio, like five years ago, do you feel like any pressure going out there to, to, to match that or better it? I mean, there's definitely a lot of kind of exterior pressure going on because yeah, I'm not a debutante anymore. So to be honest, I'm trying to really not pay attention to it because the competition has gotten very intense the last couple of years and a lot of girls have come up out of nowhere to do really well and ones that were there previously have had massive increases. So a lot has changed. I mean, I'm not ranked uh, second anymore, which I was for years. I'm, I'm ranked third, I think, at the moment. I haven't checked in a while, but uh, I, I can't. I really don't know. I just, it's it's so unpredictable, so... I'm just I'm prepared for that, if anything, just to be unpredictable. <laughs> <laughs> and who are the, I suppose, um, your competitors? Who are you going to be looking out for heading over to Tokyo? Uh, well, the two main ones who will be definitely gunning for the top medals are there's a Tunisian and a Moroccan girl. And it was a Tunisian who'd been leading for years, but this mm. Moroccan girl came out of nowhere in 2019 and went way up the rankings. And she's even the new world record holder as of this year. So even that's changed even my previous competitor has now got, you know, someone already have bettered her. So they're the main two, but I know there's there's a few girls that are not that far behind me, really. So we're all going to have to really kind of work hard to kind of maintain what, you know, we know we're capable of, I suppose. And just looking overall, Neil, I suppose, a great Irish team heading over, a fantastic team. And I suppose, as you mentioned, I suppose the team spirit will be a little bit different this year with COVID restrictions, but there's still a very strong core of an Irish team there. Definitely. And even I'm back from a training camp two weeks ago with pretty much the entire athletics team, uh, except for Jason, who who didn't join us. So, you know, it was nice that we were all together, you know, so close before heading away. So, you know, we're a nice, nice, tight little team. I mean, obviously, there's other sports going out, but within athletics anyway, we'll we'll all be there for each other. and We'll all be having the crack as we usually do. You know, I don't I don't think that will change too much. Um, I suppose Ireland has been kind of gripped with Olympic fever after um, Paul and Finton taking gold and then uh, with Kelly Harrington taking gold as well. But I suppose you'd be kind of hoping that the Irish public would take the Paralympic team on board as well and kind of get right behind the athletes over in Tokyo. A hundred percent. I mean, I know uh, my good friend Joanne O'Reardon had a, had a tweet there the other day mentioned how people were sad that they'd have to wait so many years for the Olympics to come around. But yeah, like we still have our chance yet to come so there's there's still more you know amazing kind of athletes to be watching and you know edge of your seat finals kind of thing so it's no it'd be great to, to just know that everybody knows we're heading over there and we're, we're all going to do our best for everyone and hope to bring back what we can for the country so 
it, it, it'll be great now just to see what kind of media coverage we do get because obviously without spectators mm-hmm. you really have to up the, the up the coverage so I'm hoping that'll be really good for us and it'll just get Paralympics out there just that bit more which we desperately need I know Joanna's part of the RT coverage as well which is fantastic oh delighted for that I, I was very happy to hear about that and I know uh, Orla Barry will be doing some commentating for my event and Mary Fitzgerald as well so that was nice and I actually got to see her last weekend so that was nice that uh, I know kind of be watching us on, you know, obviously mm. being the master of it herself. So it's it should be good, all of that. I'm looking forward to it. Um, a lot of competitors over in Tokyo struggle with the heat and the humidity and the conditions. Neve, I suppose a month later, it being in t- like it, it being a month later would probably help you. But have you prepared for that? I suppose heading over there. I I have, and it <laughs> made into the the national news clip a couple of days ago because I my own preparations is a. A little pop-up tent that you plug a steamer into and kind of <laughs> sit there dripping all over the place for half an hour a few times a week so that's been my own preparation because yeah obviously it's the humidity that's the killer so i mean in my little tent it hits 35 degrees and 100 percent humidity oh. so that's, oh yeah <laughs> it's it's nasty trust me <laughs> but uh that's what i've been doing myself and i i think it'll it's probably the best i could have done because i know you know some people are Kind of being able to put a treadmill in a in a warm room and that kind of thing, but obviously for my event, you can't really do mm-hmm. that. So um, it should be. It I think it'll be fine. I don't personally find myself as affected by heat as some people, so I'm not too concerned. But I'll wait and see when I get out there, just kind of how bad it is. But we're prepared. We're prepared for that either way, you know. You'll have um a while to acclimatize, I suppose, with the games not starting until twenty fourth. And when does your event start? So, yeah, I'm actually on the September 1st, so I have a, a good bit of time and we're going into a holding camp for the first week just to kind of get that acclimatization out of the way while still, you know, trying to get some training sessions in and then heading into the village on the 20th. Um, so, no, I, I personally have a, a good bit of time. I mean, I'm flying out the day after the competition then, like, so literally all of the time over there will be spent preparing uh, for, for the big day. So I'm on morning time on the first so i don't know the exact timings but yeah if people want to kind of watch live they're gonna have to uh still very late <laughs> <laughs> or set the alarms it'll be fine um what's the buzz like suppose with your family and friends and your community uh before before you're heading over oh yeah no they're, they're all excited i think you know the mom the boyfriend and all of them are a bit sad that they can't come out and watch yeah. but uh you know sure look at this i've saved them a, a fairly expensive flight ticket at least but uh <laughs> everyone's excited because I mean everybody kind of knows what I'd be up to so I've already you know dragging out the bins and had the neighbours kind of congratulating me for getting on the team and all that kind of thing so I know it's exciting so hopefully I can we can come back and have a a bit more of a proper celebration when it's when it's all over Sounds like a plan Neve it's been a pleasure talking to you very very best of luck in Tokyo and we'll talk to you when you get back Uh, Thanks very much Rory Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie Cork's Red FM Okay, so a disappointing week for the Cork LGFA senior team contrasted sharply with the county's recent underage football successes. The Cork under-14s defeated Kerry to win the Munster under-14A final in Mallow last weekend. Captained by Island Rovers' Kate Kerry, the young under-14 inter-county player made additional headlines by writing to the LGFA and asking the powers that be to level the playing field by introducing All-Ireland under-14, 16 and minor semi-finals and finals in line with their Camogie and GA counterparts. 
Kate's email read, To whom it may concern, my name is Kate Carey and I'm captain of this year's Cork Under-14s football team. I am addressing this email to you on behalf of myself and my teammates in the hope that you will overturn your decision that was made many months ago to cancel the Underage All-Ireland series. We feel that it's totally unfair on all of us, given the time and dedication we have given so far to inter-county football. We all know that the Underage Boys and Camogie series are going ahead this year, so why then can't the same be done for us, the LGFA members? We ask ye to level the playing field and reverse your decision. I await your reply and that's yours in sport from Kate Carey. So I spoke to the winning Cork Under-14 LGFA manager Lisa Walsh, her captain Kate Carey and vice-captain Sarah Barry shortly after their Munster final win over Kerry. But first, here's Kate Carey's acceptance speech. Now we're delighted to be joined by the Cork Under-14 manager, her captain and her vice-captain following the Rebels' Munster Under-14A victory over Kerry in the final today at Mallow. Manager Lisa Walsh, uh, first of all, hearty congratulations. Oh, thanks, Jerry. Yeah, um, uh, we're very excited. Uh, the girls put in the effort from the start. Uh, it was a tough game, I suppose. Uh, we, we had a lot of the ball, but we just weren't getting the scores up in the first half. But they came their own in the second half and we excelled towards the end of the game. Yeah, it sounds like the conditions were a bit windy there as well, um, Lisa. You had the wind in the first half, but you managed to hold them off at some late scores. Um, yeah, so we had the wind in the first half, and uh, actually it, it probably went against us because a lot of the, the points that were being taken were going to the were going to the right because the wind was blowing across the pitch. Uh, in the second half, we had to work the ball up, and uh, we started playing a lot better, um, and that's where we got our goal and stuff. Good stuff. Now, you've two very important people there, your vice-captain and your captain. Can you introduce your captain to us first, please? Yeah, so um, our captain is Kate Carey, and she's from Illin Rovers. Hello? Hi, Kate. Congratulations on winning the Monster Championship. Thanks, Jerry. Uh, it sounds like it was a tough match today. Yeah, that was tough. Yeah, we were good. Um, you played... <laughs> they are indeed. You played quite... They were last day. Very good. Um, you played quite well yourself and got some important scores. Four, 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 yeah. Um, what did it feel like uh, to lift that trophy at the end? It was brilliant. The first team, we worked so hard all year. I'm from it. Excellent stuff. And what was it like training with Lisa and the big squad this year? <laughs> very, very good. Um, Lisa, you also have your vice captain there? Yeah, so our vice captain is, um, is Sarah Barry. 
I'm from St. Michael's. Very good. Sarah, congratulations on winning the Munster Championship. Thank you very much, Chris. Uh, what was that game today like for you? How good were Kerry? At the start, it was tough enough because I wasn't in the zone, but then in the second half, I came back and I made a few blocks in. It was hard enough. Um, how di- how hard has it been with COVID? You know, you were waiting a long time to start playing, and it, to get back out in the pitch must have been great. After being out of football for just a few months, it was tough enough because there was nothing to do. But when you're back on the field, it feels amazing. And what did it feel like when that final whistle went today? On the final whistle, I got a kick in the jaw, so I was down to the floor, and the whistle blew, and I felt it the floor even more, and I got jumped on top of it. And how was the jaw? <laughs> it's all okay. It sounds like it's working just fine. Well, listen, congratulations to you, uh, to you both. And Lisa, if I could just go back to you. Um, yeah. This is the culmination of a long time and a lot of hard work. Oh, yeah. So, look, these girls, uh, look, they've never been in the country. So, they're the best players in, in their club. And we were delighted that we were costing with their ones represented by 25 clubs. Uh, and we're used to centres. Um, and we're, we're, we're kind of costing our games. Well, hearty congratulations from everybody here in the Big Red Bench. Okay, thanks, Sarah. Thanks. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Leah Heffernan is captain of this year's Cork LGFA Under-16 panel, who've qualified for the 2021 Provincial A final against Kerry on August 22nd. Leah spoke to us here on the Big Red Bench about a difficult year because of COVID restrictions, plus her and her teammates' disappointment that there will be no All-Ireland Under-16 LGFA semi-final or finals this year. The Cork LGFA Under-16 squad head to Kerry on Sunday for a Munster final showdown with the Kingdom. That Cork team is captained by St Mary's Leah Heffernan and she joins us here on this week's Women in Sport podcast. Leah, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> a bit nerve-wracking, so we'll crack on. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah. <laughs> first things first, Leah. Um, reaching a Munster final in such a difficult year has not been an easy thing to do. You had to beat Tipperary and Kerry initially to get this far. But what kind of game are you expecting against Kerry this weekend? Oh God, um, a tough one I think to be fair now. Um, you know, they're not an easy side to be playing either. They're much like us. You know, they're, mm. they are a very good team. So uh, a bit of a difficult game now I'd say. <laughs> Um, how happy are you with the first just the fact that you've got two games under the belt before you play a fine like this how how useful have those games been for you oh great you know we, we've had a good win um, they were they were both two hard games I suppose you know It'll be all it was nice to yeah. get it was nice to get two wins before the final I suppose Indeed. Now you play in centre back and you captain the team on that half back line and you've got Quiva Fraher and Ava Fitzgerald either side of you the last couple of games. What are they like and how how good a defence is this? Oh, it's brilliant to be fair. We have a very solid back line um around us, especially Quiva, you know. She kind of overlooks the game from where she is and to be fair she um she does shout, you know, give us give us um 
advice, I suppose, from uh, where she is. She's very good, to be fair. Um, looking at your panel this year, Leah, like there's a there's a huge number of clubs represented in all four divisions. What has the yeah. squad? What has it been like just getting back out and getting to know everybody on that squad? Oh, it's great to be back playing. I suppose COVID wasn't very, you know, helpful. You know, it was it was a huge loss to not play out last year. You know, so it's great to be back meeting all the girls again as well. It's it's brilliant. What kind of things did you do during COVID with Dennis Mulvihill, your manager, and the backroom team, um, before you managed to get back out in the pitch? Um, well, to start off this year, we um, we were sent out um, programs, uh, you know, before trials to kind of get our fitness back. I suppose during COVID, we weren't doing much. So, um, to, uh, Dennis sent us out. Dennis and the team sent us out um, uh, programs uh, to get our fitness back up. You know, before we go back to the trials. Um, how much of a relief was it to get back out in the pitch when you did? It was so nice to be back playing, especially, you know, meeting up with the girls and stuff that you hadn't seen in about a year. So it was great. It was it was a big relief. Um, Leah, you've won an All Ireland at under fourteen level with Cork, so you've been through the intercounty scene, you've had a you've had a, a taste of it and you know what's involved. Yeah. Um, how much time and effort goes into not alone making you know, being part of the panel, but the number of people that would have trialed for the under 16s this year there seems to have been a huge interest yeah there was I think there was over 300 um, girls this year interested in the trials like it's it's a lot of work I suppose coming from trials and even getting onto the team and then you know the work over the couple of months then you know leading towards the month final it's huge but it's all, it's all worth it <laughs> it is definitely and it's great to hear that you're you're enjoying your football and you're back out can I just ask you because um, the Munster yeah. final at the moment may well be your final game this year how disappointing is it that there's no All-Ireland for you? Oh it's very disappointing I suppose you know the one year you're captain as well you know and not having an All-Ireland final it is very disappointing but you know, look, we have to look at what we have and at least we have a Munster final, at least we're back playing. So, you know, you you kind of have to look at the bright side of things as well, I suppose. Very true. And just finally, because it's Kerry and because you're travelling down there, I know you beat them uh, pretty comprehensively the, the last day out, but you know yeah. you know pretty well what, what, what that might mean and that this will be a very different <laughs> Kerry team. They'll be determined yeah. to, to play well on their home pitch. It's going to be a big yeah. challenge for you. Challenge, you know, but I suppose we have a fantastic team, like, and I have no doubt that, um, hopefully now. So, well, listen, from everybody on the big red bench, we wish you all the uh, success and wish you the best of luck, uh, traveling to Kerry next weekend, and uh, the yeah. best of luck to you. Yeah, thanks very much, sir. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. The Cork LGFA Miners qualified for the 2021 Munster Final following a hard-earned 3-12-2-9 victory away to Kerry in Austin Stock Park. I caught up with Cork manager Joe Carroll ahead of his team's provincial final appearance. But first, here's my Big Red Bench interview with Cork Miner captain Orla Roach. OK, it is a real thrill to be joined by the Cork LGFA minor captain uh, Glenn Myers Orna Roach who captained her side to victory over Kerry last week to reach this year's provincial final Orla welcome to the Women in Sport podcast Hello Jerry how are you? I'm really good um, you're in your final year of playing minor for Cork so you've come through the ranks at both under 14 and under 16 there's so many girls interested in playing 
football for Cork now, Orla. What have you seen like with the trials? How how difficult has it been just to get on the intercounty teams? Um, I think especially this year, it was very difficult with you know COVID and all that. I think it was more difficult for the coaches mm. to be able to pick a team because you know you can't do fifteen on fifteen matches with the with the restrictions and stuff. But I think it was difficult because there was loads and loads of girls going for the trials this year. And it was tough, you know, to shine and to show the coaches what you could do without being able to play matches. But yeah, I think everyone put in a great effort. You know, there was lots of talent there and there was lots of pace and scoring and stuff. But yeah, I think it was actually difficult this year. How difficult did you find COVID? I mean, there's only a certain amount of things you can do on Zoom calls, but and how happy were you to get back out onto a pitch again? I'd say we were all pretty buzzing to get out on the pitch and score a few points and stuff because it's not easy to get into TA pitches with COVID and stuff. But yeah, I think we were all out doing our stuff anyway and keeping our fitness up because we knew we were going to be back. And we knew if we didn't do it then, then we'd be in a bad way when we got back training. So yeah. Mm. Um, has being has being a part of previous Cork under fourteen and under sixteen panels helped you in preparing, you know, to keep your place in this minor team? Yeah, I think once you're a part of it in under fourteen and under sixteen you kinda know how it is and you kinda know how certain teams play and you know the rules and you know what to do and what not to do. And I think it just prepares you for the big games, the monster finals and stuff. Because usually if you're coming in new, you know, I'd say your nerves will be more, but I think you're more used to it when you're playing under 14 and under 16. You've got the extra honour of being captain this year. I mean, that's a lovely, um, you know, honour for both your, yourself and for your family and for your club in Glanmire as well. How happy were you to be uh, to be captain this year? So that? I'm pretty delighted to be captain, you know. It, it's, a, it's a great honour. But I think that we're all a team, you know, we all cheer each other on. And it's really, you know, if it wasn't for the whole team, I don't think we'd be where we are now. But yeah. Yeah, and it is, as you said, a lovely honour for you. That team that you're part of, you were really pushed by Kerry the last night. Now, you played Kerry in your group fixture um, and you needed to win to reach the Munster final. Now, Kerry will play Tipperary later this week um, and the winners of that will meet you on August 29th. But you got off to a bad start. You were 2-2 to no score down after a few minutes. Were you a bit worried or were you confident that your team could bounce back? Yeah, sure. Going out there, you always know that Kerry are going to be a tough season to play against. I thought at the start that they might have the bearings of us, but we, we fought through it. I think our fitness held us up a bit there, you know, playing and running up and down the field, but always playing carry. You know that they're going to be a great team. You know they're going to put up a great fight against you. And it's kind of a bit of a rivalry. You never want to lose against Kerry anyway. I know myself, I don't. I'm very competitive. So, yeah. Very good. Um, you scored 1-3 yourself. You must be happy with that. But there was a nice spread of scores. That's a very talented forward line you're playing on. Yeah. I think that all of us are capable of scoring. There's even a few backs that would pop a few scores over the bar. So I think that we're all capable of scoring. Thank God it went our way anyways. Yeah. And what's it like to be in another Munster final? Because this is this is going to take on a bit of extra significance, Orla, because it looks at the moment anyway like it would be your last game of the year and there's no All-Ireland Minor Championship this year. That must be disappointing for you and the players. Yeah, I think that all of us are pretty devastated about it, you know, because for me anyway, it would be great to get in for a chance to win an All-Ireland, you know, it's my last year of minor. And I think that just the fact that we're not even able to try even win one is just actually devastating. 
Indeed, hopefully that might change. We'll, we'll, we'll fingers crossed that people will, uh, will have a rethink about that. Can I ask you about the panel and the squad? Because there's quite a few, like there's yourself from Glanmire, Evie Toomey, uh, Cara Byrne, and Lucy Green. So there's a few friends on there. But what's the atmosphere like? And, and I presume the crack is good in that squad. Yeah, everyone gets along really well this year. You know, we're all there's no like cliques or anything. We all get along really well. How much of that is down to Joe Carroll and his management team? What's Joe like as a manager? Joe's a great manager. He is, you know, he at times he can be strict, but at times he knows and have the crack. He's great. He's good fun. He's good fun. So you make it easy for Joe then, do you? Yeah. Oh, I think he loves us. I think we're his favourite team. <laughs> Very good. And just finally, Orla, obviously we're still away. August 29th is when the Munster final is currently penciled in for, or the minor Munster minor final is currently penciled in for. Do you? Does it matter who you play in that final, Tipperary or Kerry? Are you just focusing on trying to win it? I think we're all focusing on ourselves, you know, whoever we come against, we're going to put up our best battle, so we'll see. Terrific win for the Cork minor ladies footballers beating Kerry 3-12 to 2-9 in Austin Stack Park uh, last week in their Munster Championship encounter. Uh, manager Joe Carroll, congratulations on the win. Um, it was a bit tight and it sounds like it was a close game. Was that the case? Um, I suppose Jared was in the scoreboard, but I think we missed a lot, a lot of scores, especially in the second half. So we could have made things a lot, lot easier for ourselves, you know, after the, an awful start because we conceded two two without scoring. But when we settled, I think we came well in pop and just didn't 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 translate it into to scores in the scoreboard, which means we've a lot of work to do before the, the final. And that monster final is towards the end of August, and we'll find out this week whether it's Tipperary or Kerry you meet in that decider. Yeah, the final is fixed for the, the Sunday, the 29th of August, and Tipperary and Kerry meet on, on next Wednesday night, the 18th of August. So the winners of that will go into, will go into the final. So that could be 50-50. It depends, I suppose. Maybe Kerry would be favourites, but uh, Tipperary are, not, are, are handy enough as well. Um, is it the best possible place to be in as a manager, Joe, in that you won the, you've won your two games, but you still have a good bit of work to do? Yeah, I think it is probably... Um, you know, I suppose we set ourselves a target first of, of, of winning the first match against the Prairie, and then I set them a target. Look, we win, we win the, the two carry matches or the two matches, next matches we have, and we have the thing won. So I suppose we're looking on and that's our target still. And we're in the final now, and we still have a lot, a lot of work to do. And I think the girls know themselves after last night, and I think when they watch the video, they'll even realise it even more that we have a lot of work to do. You know, conversion rate up front in, in particular and maybe our approach play this the way we approach it. But look, I think that's a nice place to be. It is, it is a good place to be to, to go into a final with, with a good bit of work to do and still we're happy we're there. And a lot of what we did last night was still very good. Yeah, that's it. Like from the plus point of view, there is a lot, a lot of plus points to come out of it. Even when you found yourself behind, at one stage, as you said, they're like two two to no score, no panic, rallied, got stuck in. Um, is that down to experience of some of the players being at the, this grade before, or is it just down to the doggedness and and the belief within the team? I'd say it's probably down to the doggedness and the belief of anything because our team, our squad is actually quite young. We had nine under seventeen first playing last night, so. Um, you know, I think it's just down to the belief that they could come back anyway. And I think when they got a small bit of a grip, that even translated into, into scores. And when we got the two or three goals, it was ahead at half-time. And I don't think we never look in any danger in the second half of losing the match unless Kerry got goals. Uh, but we could have made it a lot, lot easier for us by, by translating what we created. 
Uh, again, on the plus side, a lot of your uh, forwards, the scores were evenly spread. Like Abigail Ring weighed in with 2-2. Orla Roach, your captain, with 1-3. And Emma Hurley uh, coming off the bench with two points. I mean, again, you're seeing all your forwards scoring on the night. That's got to be uh, another positive for you as a coach. Yeah, it is a positive. It is a positive that they're spreading the scores, I suppose. We're not really a, a staff team where we have three or four very staff players. I think we, we're a, kind of an even team and everybody works hard for each other. And I think that's been, we've put that into them from the word go. And I think they're, they're taking that on board on, on the field. And it doesn't make a difference who gets the scores once, once we're winning the match. And now from your own point of view and your management teams, Joe, what is the plan now over the next two weeks leading up to the 29th? Well, I suppose we just train Wednesday and Saturday, and we might try and get one more practice game in if we can get if we can get somebody to play us maybe next week uh, on Wednesday or the Saturday. But if we don't, look, it isn't into the world, and we just concentrate on getting our own fouls right rather than concentrating on on the opposition either carry or to carry or who we meet in the final. Is it a settled team in your head as far as you know now coming into that final, or are there still positions up for grabs? Yeah, well, I think it's reasonably settled. But having said that. Uh, a few of our subs last night, you mentioned Emma there, and Lenny McDonough went in as well and did well after going in. And there's a few more champion at the base as well. I think we have 24, 25 players, and then you have capable of playing at that level. So I think it's all up for grabs for the, for the first 15 places for the, for the final. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Meet the end of the Cork senior team's All-Ireland aspirations following an extra-time victory over the Rebels in Crow Park last Sunday. It was a heartbreaking loss for Ify Fitzgerald, his backroom team and players after Cork blew a seven-point lead with less than five minutes to go. As ever, Fitzgerald was magnanimous in defeat and we'll hear from him as well as the victorious Meath manager and his captain, Shauna Ennis. Yeah, um, it's hard to decipher now after the game so quickly and you know, obviously two goals in, in the space of a minute and when we seemingly had the game tied up but um, I can say really that that'll hide the disappointment of it, but at the same time I am very proud of the girls as well, they gave me everything and you know we had, we had a bit of a meltdown for a couple of minutes I suppose and, and you know um, Probably gave them a lot of momentum going into going into the the extra time then. So, um, but I'm immensely proud of the girls. You know, it's um, they've they've worked so so hard and obviously congratulations to Mead as well. I think you know they never gave up. They kept plugging away and um, and the extra time they were they were worthy winners. Just a lack of game management in those last couple of minutes. Do you think they were playing the ball too much or four? Yeah, uh, maybe trying to be a bit too safe. Maybe I I don't know. Um, like the, you know, it's it's hard to know. No, looking at that, yeah. You could say game management. I mean, we hadn't conceded a goal for 58 minutes and looked quite comfortable. So, you know, I think the first goal probably panicked us a little bit and maybe um, maybe that led to a small little bit more panic. Um, but I don't know, I'd have to look at the tape again. But certainly from the point of view of, of, of game management, yeah, you would, you'd have to argue that we, we should have done better. But um, but we didn't and, and, and meet her in the final now. So that's, that's just the way it is. And as I say, congratulations to them. Yeah, you got a great response after half time. You got one three in the first ten minutes, which was brilliant. Looked to have kind of put the game to bed, really. Yeah, we did. I mean, if you look, I think we were seven points up with five or six minutes to go, um, and you know they kicked a couple of nice points. But yeah, I thought we were comfortable. Maybe we we got a little bit more defensive psychologically. We'll hold on to what we have. I, I'm not sure about that, but um, but when you can see two goals like that, it's killer. I think it. it 
definitely probably knocked the stuffings out of us um, for, for the extra time. And, you know, the girls gave everything, to be fair. But we had so many chances, you know, to, to, to equalise as well um, in the last few minutes. And it, it just, I, I said to Paddy, Paddy O'Shea, with a, couple, with a minute or two to go, I said, I don't think it's going to be our day today. And certainly that's the way it, it worked out. But again, it wasn't from lack of effort, you know. I felt sorry for him or they're missing that, that last three, but all the effort she put into it, I thought she was fantastic. So that's the ebbs and flows of, of, of ladies' football. You know, it can turn in a second. And as they say, fair play to me. They're, they're, they have a system. They work it well. We thought we, well, we obviously had worked hard on, 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 on breaking it down and had been quite successful. But the last five minutes, you know, we didn't, we didn't manage the game properly. And as a consequence, we're, you know, we're, we're out. Did you, think, did you think you had a free at the very end of the... Yeah, I yeah, I suppose that I, I don't know what happened there to be honest, I didn't ask, but to be fair to the right it was a free I'd say, but if the clock if the time was up then the time was up, I have no argument with that really. How significant was Kira's injury so early in the game and how much did you miss her experience composure a second half? Yeah, well, you'd miss Kira any day. You know, I think she's gone to the hospital. I think, you know, it was a shoulder dislocation or, or collarbone. I'm not sure. We're not sure yet. So, uh, a big loss, massive loss. Ourself and Orla Finn, I suppose, have been the mainstay of that half hour line for, for years. Um, but that said, I mean, we scored, I can't remember what the score was. It was a 2 2. Whatever we got, 210, was it? Yeah. Um, it's fair scoring against a defensive outfit like that. So um, I think we, we, we did that quite well, but it was just the finishing, the finishing off of the game is what, what, is what, what caught us. And, you know, I was just coming out of the corridor, it was reminding me of Bayern Munich and United there, whenever, whenever that was on. I said, Jesus, how is this going to happen? How did this happen? It's very hard to, to, to say, but, you know, a game is not over until the referee blows the whistle. So. Um, we have no regard. Or sorry, we have no arguments in that regard. Whether whether the other one was a free or not, I don't know. But that that wasn't the cause of us of us losing the game. So no arguments there. You brought you an awful lot of young players in the National League campaign to this year. Saeed O'Leary, Katie Quirks, and the scored the Ever Series, Maeve Callahan's. There's the nucleus of a very very good team with the experienced team that's still there. I know yeah. it's very raw and immediately after the game, but bringing that team forward. Is that something you want to do? Is it something you've thought about? I, I isn't really. I take it game, game by game. Um, we'll see how things go now over the next while. Um, obviously, they are a great bunch, you know, and it was, a, it was a, I suppose, another learning experience for them today, you know, but um, when you look at the more experienced, like if you look at the Dublins and that, they would manage that game, you know, and they, they would finish it up. That comes with experience, I think, and that is a big, it is a big learning lesson for, for our girls today that you could take nothing for granted and you know um, we probably could have kicked the ball over the line maybe for, for the last one who knows but these are these are things that happen and you know we're human beings at the end of the day and people make decisions and particularly when they're tired you know it was a, it was, you know, it was a tough game and, and people you know and you have to come in fitness of both of both teams you know that they kept going for so long um, but that said I mean I'm not going to be looking at an individual and say she should have done this or should have done that everybody goes out there to give the to give their best for their for their jersey, and my girls certainly do that for me all the time, so I've no no complaints there. In the, whatever it was, two and a half minutes ago, seven points. What were your thoughts at that, that stage of the game? Was it was it realistic to expect anything from that? Yeah, no, you couldn't say you're going to win at that stage. Uh, what happened? A few moves made being Vicky and Emma to full form and a big change. You know, we didn't play well up to that. You know, let me went against us. Little small things, some turnovers. Tons of it, maybe a few threes we thought we should have got, we didn't get. But we didn't give up, and, 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 and there isn't a better team in the country to entertain people and to, to win games. And that, that first hour was not entertaining, but the last 
20 minutes was, was certainly the entertainer for everybody involved. So I uh, didn't see it coming, no, but he came and uh, we did a cork on at the end, held on to the ball for a few minutes at the end. That's normally cork do for us, do it against us. But uh, what can I say about this bunch? Uh, the best of all time. Broke all the records today. No other me team has ever got to a senior final. So a proud, proud day and an honour to be a manager of this brilliant bunch. What's happened in the last six or seven months? Seen really gone off to a new level. Of yeah, we had a few of the younger ones like Mary Kate and uh, Oral Laddie, probably and Emma Douglas, were young last year. And they're the ones now that are really stepping up and driving the rest of them on. Uh, and the three are they're really improving the whole time. You know, Mary Kate has turned into an outstanding full back there. Look at Emma Douglas, one of the all time greats. She will be. Nora Lally. But uh, yeah, yeah, nothing special. We just play with a smile, we train with a smile, and we enjoy every minute we have together. And these are just these are a brilliant bunch. They're just they're a closely knit family together. We'll enjoy Tuesday evening again, train again in three weeks of it. Can't believe it, but uh, we're still there. What did you say to them at the end of normal time? We hadn't played, you know. We didn't really play the first half hour. Very simple. We probably had the momentum moving into the extra time, but then the extra time, the first 10 minutes, we had four wides, four bad wides. I should have wrapped the game up, didn't take them. Uh, but it, it, that'd be too easy for us to do that. We went to that, the, the entertaining route at the end. But for excitement, I'm sure for all ye and for everyone in the country, it was a very exciting few, an hour and a half, whatever it was, you know. Not for us, maybe it wasn't, but for ye, it was. I know. Great day for me. It's a long time, some man said to me, he wasn't from me, he says it was a long time since I saw me do with that. You know, full of game of a fire, just full of Kevin Foley and people like that. Any meeting, yeah. Yeah. David, Hopefully, yeah. What did you learn from the game in Perl against Cork the first day? Did you see an awful lot there that helped you today? Oh, very much so, yeah. That day we, we let uh, the full forward in, sneaked in for a soft goal, and that, we had to close up shop then after that. Uh, we had a perfect goal, it's allowed that day. We had a few, we were nervous that day. We, we, we give them too much respect. We learn not. These are fast learners, as you can see. Like, Kerry B's in the league with two goals, and we come back and beat them with 10 points. So we, we learn very quick. Very fast learners we have here. That's why they're all teachers. Most of them. Last one for me, Sean, just from your point of view, the players <coughs> done, so was it seven points? A couple of minutes gone. Did you think it was gone? And when did the momentum shift at that point when you got those two goals? Yeah, look, Jesus, when you're down by that much, with only a few minutes left in the clock, it, it, it is hard to see a way out, but we kept pushing forward, like we 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 kept our belief, and I think when we got back and and, and the whistle was blown for full time, then we, we really believed that we could push on for, for extra time and obviously just try our best to hold on to the ball then when we got ahead. You ran in a few subs there, Raymond, towards the end of normal time. It seems at that stage as if you were just running them in to give them a run before the game was over, but it turned out to be... Your game and like Neve Gilogos first on, she had uh, two great scores at a very important time. It should be two wides as well, and Megan had controlled the whole game there. Cape Horn caught two or three brilliant balls at the end there, and Shelley does Shelley, works her ass off as long as she can. Uh, but uh, look at they have a great belief in each other. That's, that's one thing to have, you know. And we always warn them to, 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 to what cock throws. Let's stick to our own plan, stick to our own work rate. And they all know their job very well. 
which is, is, is good, and, and, and to have it down to perfection now, thank God. We'll have to improve, we'll all have to improve. Okay. Won't fear Dublin, though, at this stage, what? Won't fear Dublin. Oh, not Tom. We wouldn't fear Cork. We certainly won't fear Dublin, no. Not all. Both believe in me and Dublin fine. That's you to see. Every day of the week. That's it for another Big Red Bench Women in Sport podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Big Red Bench on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also listen online at redextra.ie. Don't forget to tune in to the Big Red Bench with Rory O'Hagan, Colm O'Sullivan and Valerie Wheeler between 6 and 7pm on the radio every Saturday and Sunday. Follow the Big Red Bench across all our social media channels as well as visiting our official website redfm.ie. The Big Red Bench, Saturday and Sunday from 6pm, Cork's Red FM.